0: Have you ever felt like the education system is broken and like your kids aren't really learning, they're just regurgitating what they are being taught? Have you noticed that our youth are more stressed out, anxious and depressed than ever? And when this happens, they can't retain any of the information being thrown at them. And how many people in education do you know that are completely burned out, stressed out of their minds and feeling like they are throwing noodles at, a, at, at the wall, hoping that something sticks. I think many people realize this system, this education system needs some serious reconsideration and revamping. I am really excited to have my brother Ed Wren on with me today because I have watched his journey. I watched how the education and guidance system didn't work for him and created issues with him and mental health issues. And uh, I watched him recreate and reinvent his life following his passion instead of what he was being told to do. And then I watched him navigate the education system as a teacher, a very powerful teacher, a very impactful teacher, both in public and private education. And now I have watched him navigate a different realm of education. And so he's coming to us, bringing a wealth of wisdom, bringing innovative ideas, And I really hope that you can tune in and listen to this podcast. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Simple Awakenings Podcast, where we offer people at a turning point simple strategies to help you find clarity in the chaos of your life. I'm your host, Jennifer Rentolo.
1: This is the Simple Awakenings Podcast, where you can find clarity in the chaos. Simple Awakenings shares real life lessons from real people who have had experiences that help them awaken to the simple truth of what they need to thrive in their life. These are conversations helping us evolve and awaken in how to simplify life in parenting, in education, and in the way we interact with the world around us. Let's ripple change through awareness and connect with our mind, body, and spirits one conscious conversation at a time. Now your host, Jennifer Rentolo, an integrative bridge to health, hope, and healing.
0: So today I've got my brother Ed on the show with us. And after much coaxing and coercing, I convinced him to come and have a conversation because I just think literally we go for hikes, we we go to lunch, we go to breakfast and we have these amazing conversations. And I, I've told him a million times, I wish I was pressing the record button because I feel like so many of the things that we talk about both from our personal perspective, from our professional perspective, and oftentimes, I am sharing with him what I am seeing as a parent navigating education, both private. I have some of my kids did private school. Some of my kids did public school. And so a lot of times I have shared with him and sent out SOSs, help me figure out what is the right thing and and uh, what can I do. And he has shared with me his frustrations. Now he's working for Mass Insight. Um, he has a... A degree in marine biology. He has a master's degree in biology education. He is a special, his specialty is environmental science. And he has worked as an environmental science teacher at Bronx Science for years. Um, he will share that aha moment for him. And now he currently works for an organization called Mass Insight, where he is helping teachers that teach AP environmental science, teach it better and, and connect better to the subject as well as to the students. And he has some amazing wisdom um, that, um, and some, some uh, great suggestions, I think. Of course, I'm a little biased, but I think you'll agree <laughs> with me. So I wanna welcome my brother, Ed, to the show. Welcome, Ed. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> so can you share a little bit and, and whatever you're comfortable sharing, But I do think that your journey is is one that many kids and many families have sort of witnessed and struggled with. Um, When you were a kid and you were looking at colleges, I have a junior in college or a junior in high school right now looking at colleges. My third son, I have a son that sort of tried college. It didn't work. And now he's thinking about revisiting. who's 20. And then I had one that successfully graduated. So, you know this. But. We've talked about your journey in that whole education and where you're being, where you were steered both from our parents, but also from guidance. Can you share a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, was not great in school because I hated school and I just didn't like the classes that I was taking. And you know, some of the teachers were nice and I, I don't know, I just didn't like school. So I wasn't very good at it and it showed on a transcript. Well, transcript and not great guidance and you you have whatever you can get into in college. And what I got into was a business program at a really good international business school, um, American University, but that was so not what I was about and not anything I really cared or even knew about. And it showed when I went to school, I was really not good at it. I was, I, I some of the classes I liked and then when you started talking about finances and all this stuff, that is so not my world. You
0: glazed over. <laughs>
2: I told oh, the worst part of glazed over, like okay, no, not glazed over, just didn't go to class. I was yeah. like, yeah, I can't sit through that. Yeah, I got other things I want to do. Anyway, so it was just not a good fit, and it was because I was essentially steered, s- steeled, steered in the wrong direction. Yeah. But because it was easy, yeah. like, and, and I think and I say that I was told. You know, don't, don't go into science. You're never going to be good at that. Business is something that you can do, you know, you can handle that. Yeah. That was, that wasn't a, wasn't a good choice and it showed, I did really badly at it. Mm -hmm. And then when I went back to school as for marine biology, that was on me and when I wanted to do it and not till I was 27, I rocked, (laughs) it was awesome. And I was like, oh, this is what school feels like when it feels good.
0: When you're sparked, when When, you're interested in what you're learning. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And it's, and that's, that's everything. Finding the spark in you as a, the educator, as well as to help the kid or, or the student or whoever, whatever age, find the spark. That's, that's the key to any kind of successful education. Yeah. Finding some spark somewhere.
0: Yeah. And with all of this, you had some mental health
2: challenges. You know, everything. Yeah.
0: But I mean it 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 didn't just affect your ability to do this work in school, it affected all different aspects of your life. It affected your self-esteem. It affected, you know, your sense of purpose and where you belong in in the world. And right. and that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. And that's something that I see in, in my students, because I teach at Endicott College, as you know. And What I see in my students is they are just grappling with this spiritual aspect of their well being, meaning, where do I fit in the world? Like, where is my purpose? And what should I be doing? Because they're chasing all the shoulds and being told by the outside world, this is what you should, what you need to be doing. But nobody's really guiding them to tune into what is it that sparks them? What is it that excites them? I literally was listening to a group of students talk about nursing students that were second guessing their choices and then feeling like you know i don't know what else i'm going to do i don't know where i'm going to do or thinking like well the only majors that they have i can either do this or i can do that i have one student that has uh, learning disabilities and she's trying to figure out what should i do i'm not great at reading and the things that interest me there's a lot of reading so how do i come up with a plan and she's actually creating her own major which is kind of cool, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. And she luckily has, um, you know, I was helping her, but she also has really good guidance at, at Endicott that, that are helping her figure it out. But so from there, so you finally found the marine biology path. And then how did you get into education? Take me through sort of your, your path and then your <laughs> you aha awakened yeah. moment. Get yeah. another
2: winding road of my life. School was great. I felt really successful. I was connected to my professors. I was connected to other students, and I was the old guy in the room for sure. Um, And so I thought, okay, graduate school. I'm gonna get a PhD in this, because I'm really good at this, and I wanna just do science, 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 especially if this is what it looks like. Well, (laughs) then that didn't work. (laughs) No, I got to do some amazing things. I went to Antarctica for crying Out Loud. That was amazing doing yeah. research. Spent some amazing time up in Maine doing work, doing research and I, if doing that work could be all that it was about, I would have a PhD. And yeah. if I had some better guidance there yeah. as well, instead I had a total psychopath for an advisor. And if he's hearing this, yes, I didn't just call you that. <laughs> um he was he was a psychopath
0: we don't need to say what school no and nor am i going to say names or any of that stuff
2: but he was a nut job yeah um anyway so that didn't work because i was not it it just again was not the right fit because of a a mindset that i don't have again yeah and i wasn't i was following my heart and i loved the work that i was doing but i didn't like the context of how that where that had to be placed it was, it was a whole other thing. And again, about an education system that, and one of the, that, that's, this is definitely key to that. One of the advisors in my advisory group even said, this is what we had to go through as graduate students. So this is what you're going to have to go through as graduate students. As if to say like we suffered, so you're going to have to suffer.
0: Yeah.
2: Who the heck, where is that a good idea? In anybody's mindset of getting the best out of somebody.
0: Right.
2: Not, but that's, Anyway, so even in graduate school, even at the graduate level, people were like, suck it up, Buttercup. This is how it, it goes because this is how it's always gone.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and we're going to come back to that theme. Hold <laughs> on to that, folks, because I'm coming back to that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, that was, so then that didn't work. And I left. And I, I then was like, okay, I've been, what do I do now? And now I'm back in New York. I was not in New York at the time. Now I'm back in New York. And what do I do? And I, Just thought, well, people have told me, a lot of people have told me all through my life up to this point, you know, you'd probably be a really good teacher. You're really good with kids or people of that mindset or whatever. You'd probably be really good at that. And I thought, maybe, I don't know. And so as I was literally applying to, because who knows, like not a full, on a PhD track to then not have a full anything from that. And my background was all restaurants and I had no interest in restaurants because I spent a lot of time doing that. So what do you do? You just apply to anything that even remotely looks interesting. And that's what I did. I sent out hundreds of different resumes to just anything. The teaching thing was the one that came up. And I got this job as a sixth grade science teacher that I, I then also taught fifth grade math. That was a, a hoot and a half at a private school. Um, and it was wonderful it really it was the it was the uplift that i needed at that time to tell me that i could do something well again just was the, that
0: calhoun yeah that, was, a that cousin. was Calhoun? yeah
2: and i still think of those years that was seven years that i think of as hysterical laughter every day because fifth and sixth graders are just nutty <laughs> but so wonderful it, oh, it was it was joyful every yeah. day it was joyful probably in the moment it wasn't always but certainly yeah. in, in, no, retro, you, in looking back
0: more having fun then we also got to take people to the dolphin research yeah center. i took
2: them to some really cool yeah. trips and yeah. you and blended
0: your marine biology love with your teaching totally
2: did. beautiful i totally did which and they supported it a private school. yes you can yeah. do it in a, right can you imagine taking 12 12 year olds snorkeling on a reef <laughs> as your field trip like yeah. uh not so much in public yeah. school
0: yeah <laughs> like that's privilege water yeah. and
2: children no yeah. you can't that's the public school rule <laughs> on a boat i don't think so right <laughs> let alone in the water, 30 feet of water with right. little ducks swimming behind me. And I was like, yeah, this is fine. What are you talking about? it's is wrong here. Anyway. We're fine. Everything's fine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, it brought joy to my life. It was yeah. a really good part of my life until I decided it was time not to do that anymore. I wanted more science right. or deeper science. Right. And that these kids would be fine, whether it was me teaching them or not. They loved me. The school loved me. I loved them equally. Um, but they were going to be fine whether it was me teaching them or not. So let me
0: stop you for a second. When you say they would be fine, what do you mean by that? How would they be fine? Because the school was a nurturing environment. Well,
2: all of that. So the school's a nurturing environment. If there's any question as to whether they understand or don't understand, money is just flying out the door towards tutors and all this kind of stuff. So the kid is deeply
0: supported, Supported, not just
2: a little supported, but like whole person supported constantly. Oh, they're not socializing well enough. Let's put them in these six programs. Yeah, it I was they were they were okay. very nurtured kids, which was wonderful. And in the middle right. school I I absolutely loved the um what the kids were getting from that from that piece. I don't okay. know so much about above or below that education wise, but in middle school I thought it was the best thing you could give that age kid. Yep. That they really did a really great job at it.
0: Gotcha.
2: Um but again, because they were doing such a good job of it. They're you did be need fine. To,
0: right, exactly. Gotcha. It you doesn't, didn't feel as necessary there yeah, right
2: gotcha right and i wanted my science and then that, that and then wrong science came out
0: what was your sort of because i i remember vividly l- literally you being in a place of like complete soul disalignment where what your heart and soul were telling you needed to be done you were not able to do in the teaching environment so can you share with me like some of those that aha moment, and then the big awakening moment that made you go, check, please, I'm out.
2: It was a, those, those nine years were very serious thinking about what I thought was good and what wasn't good and, and all. And again, uh, like, like we've discussed before, that same principal who said, you know, you're, yeah. anyone who's not here is because we got rid of them. Yeah. Her policy was also, if there are emotional things happening in your classroom, Yeah. That's not your job. Your job is academic rigor, period. If anything emotional happens, send them to guidance. Right. And I later found out, much later, that guidance response to that was, we're not trained to deal with that. We're trained for college prep. And for getting them into schools and making sure that their transcripts are right. And we're not trained for social emotional stuff. We're not trained for. Right. So that just was something that I found even later down the road that they were like, that's what do you want us to do about it? This isn't our thing. Yeah. So anyway, right there, huge disconnect that the kids are having issues. The teacher who's not supposed to, who's teacher who sees the most of anybody.
0: And who they connect with. Yeah. Do they feel safe and comfortable again? No, you you for me they you, did. You got lots of letters and lots of, you know.
2: I did. Oh, yeah. I did. No, no, for me they definitely did. Well, right. But that's not every teacher and that's No, but yeah.
0: that's the thing is there are students, I know with my boys. There are stu there are teachers that it's an energy thing, right? And there are teachers that students identify as being safe, approachable and caring about them. Yes, And so True. when yes. kids get that, and sometimes let's face it, there are a lot of kids that don't necessarily get that at home. Oh, they don't feel seen. Yes. They don't feel heard. So when they a can of, connect with an adult that sees them, that understands them, and that they feel safe with, right. that's who they want to go see. Not somebody right. who technically... I mean, I know my student, my kids don't connect with the guidance.
2: Oh, what they could they Or even the adjustment counselors. These guidance counselors, this school was huge. Yeah. And there were not enough guidance counselors. And each of them had like hundreds of kids caseload. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that they have, like, do I even know you? (laughs) Except that your name is on my list. Right. To then be the ones to go to for emotional? No. Yeah. No. And again, coming from a leader whose emotional capacity was zero. Yeah. So the trickle down to everybody is not a feeling of wellness and safety and, and support, support yep. and no, not yep. even a little bit. So basically what it turned into is that I taught in a joyful way to me. Like I, I brought in lots of projects and things that were colorful and could give them space where they needed it. Um, but there's only so much you can do in terms of the fun. You can't make a kid then do stuff. Because they won't. The ones who are really stuck just won't. And they need somewhere else to be. But I would have kids who loved to be in the space. Yeah. Who came to class just to be there. I had also kids who didn't come to class because that was who they were. They are just yeah. like, nope, can't do it. Don't want to do it. Yeah. And these were kids that were, I mean, often like suspended. Or, I mean, they were trouble. There was some, trouble in that something was wrong. Yeah. Not with them, yes, but with, but
0: them. with- Around with, with, the world, yeah. they, things were not working for them. These yeah. kids were struggling for a reason yes, yeah. and not able to show up for school because right. of their mental health or the social right. and emotional learning aspect that all of a sudden is a buzzword, but I don't think schools are really getting that.
2: No, they're totally not. Yeah, Totally not. I even had a kid one time who was wasted on this trip. We used to go to the zoo for animal behavior. He was wasted.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was clear he was wasted. And he realized that he was, that we were on to, well, cause well, anyway, I fell asleep on the back of the bus. Like that kind of just, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but I wasn't gonna wreck the trip for everybody else. I just kept him with me and my eye on him and, and everything. So moving forward, I had to bring him back to the school. He all of a sudden got soberer when mm-hmm. he tried to sneak out with everybody else. I was like, no, 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 buddy, you're coming with me. Mm-hmm. You wrecked my trip. You're coming with me. We're going to get back on this bus, go back to school. Mm-hmm. Just to give a sense of the disconnect. School can't do anything about it unless I, unless police were involved. Mm. So I bring him to school. He's clearly not well. Nothing school can do about it. But they need me to bring him back to the school for what purpose? So right. you can have see for yourself that you can't. You're not going to do anything about this. Yeah. Called the parents. Parents were like, just tell him to get home. Yeah, that was their take. The end. I'm like, that's a kid in distress again. Yeah, total jerk. I mean, just he didn't play it well, yeah. but but
0: but a kid again, in crisis, hidden crisis. crisis,
2: totally, yes, totally. And the and the response from home is, ah, just tell him to come home, right? And the school can't do anything about it. And that you know, and right. the the school that was the killer is that the school wanted me to call the police on this kid while we were at the zoo
0: because no.
2: then it was out of their hands. No, and I was like,
0: yeah, and that's not yeah. necessarily looking at what is in the best interest of this child. No, right.
2: Not even, especially because right. he probably was 18 and it would have been right. even more trouble. Right. So like, yeah, and that's no. And then we have to stand around and wait for the police and everybody else has got to wait? No, we're right. going to do this. I will take him back myself, yeah. make sure he's all right. He was yes. fine. Actually getting better. Like He wasn't as, anyway. Yeah. But took care of it. So
0: I feel like so many people don't know what to do they all i feel like so many people understand this is broken this system is broken the way we're doing things isn't working it's not working for our teachers it's not working for our students but no one seems to know how to do it differently like mm-hmm. you the fact that you left the the private school because you knew they were going to do well you, you went to because your intention was to help those kids that didn't have the nurturing and the support system and the financial well-being to throw, you know, to to get them what they needed. You wanted to provide them connection, connection to the topics, connection to the subjects, connected to themselves as a learner. And so what I see as the system being broken is that there is a massive disconnect between our intention to teach the kids and for them to learn and how we are doing it. And what I see, in fact, with my passion is obviously social and emotional learning. And what I see is things being thrown at students and all this, we have to get them here. We have to get all this content to them and this pressure for outcomes and this need to um, have numbers and have those numbers speak. The problem is, is we're not approaching education from a whole child perspective. We're not looking at what does this child need and what does this child need? And what does this child need? We're sort of putting this blanket, everybody's getting this. And unfortunately, there are a lot of kids that are falling through the cracks. And there are a lot of kids that if whatever's happening in their world, outside of school, impacts how they are able to learn. And we don't see that as educators. We're not, like what I love is, is my youngest who's at a private school. When we were there for open house, the, the teacher was talking about how when the students first come into our classroom, she asks everybody what their stress level is and they have to give a number. And she says, she does that for them to check in with themselves. And then she asks them, well, what is it that you need to get to this number. And so she's asking them to self-reflect, but she is also taking in like, how hard can I push today? What ability do they have to learn today? Because if your stress level is at a, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, you cannot learn. You cannot absorb information. And what people don't understand is teachers' stress levels is at a seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, So they're going to be more reactive and their energy is going to affect the energy of their classroom. And so there is a symbiotic relationship here between these burned out students or burned out teachers, stressed out students, stressed out families that just create this like environment
2: that is not conducive to learning. Right. That's then enhanced by Administrations trying to put band-aids on things that are going to make their institution look better, yeah. or, or, well, there's that's, there's a lot of that, and I'm, I don't I don't say that to put it all on the administration because it's everybody in the system, but, I guess but it starts from the top down.
0: Right. So what's the, the what's mode broken? of this,
2: the, So what's <laughs> That's a big question. Well, I mean, we talk
0: about the APs, and I know that on my school system that I don't feel like is a good school system. I think there are so many kids. If you are shiny and bright, you do well. But guess what? Majority of the kids are not shiny and bright. And there are kids that fall through the cracks if they're not way up here or way down here. There's not a place for them. And so the way that the school system gets its accolades, my school system is supposed to be one of the best in Massachusetts but it's because of the number of APs that they offer and the kids taking the APs. And it's also because how many kids um, go on to college, but they don't look at how many kids actually drop out of college right from from the start, where they're in a college that's not the right fit. I see that a lot, because all they care about is the numbers, the analytics of once the numbers. And are out their
2: doors, it doesn't matter what, right. what happens to them.
0: Right, so <laughs> I guess, and I know you have said, mentality. and you, you counseled my son um, about like, Don't take an AP just to take an AP, to stack your resume, which is what we're all about now in in education and to get to the next level, to get to college, to get to you have to do X, Y, Z and it's comparison. And it's like we're we're actually it's like this frenzy, right, of of doing to get to an outcome. But there's a disconnect between what it is that you're doing and what you feel passionate about and what sparks you. Right.
2: Well, and. I think one of the things that people need to focus on is what are they trying to accomplish with higher level, higher, higher academics. So equitable, high level uh, academics is what my organization kind of focuses on right now. Mm -hmm. Meaning bringing advanced academics to kids who maybe can't wouldn't normally get there without somebody pushing them to, to maybe do that. I'm very much for advanced academics, very much so, but forced is actually setting everybody up for failure. Yep. So to me, to say that you offer certain classes, AP, IB, early college, whatever. To say that you offer them looks good on on that your school offers them. What I'm seeing more and more is that the requirements to be in them are taken away. So basically people are trying to level the playing field when it's not a level field, it just isn't. Like that's to say that everybody's brain functions at this level, it's just a matter of how to get there. No, they may all be smart in their own way but that doesn't mean you have to shove them into some kind of advanced academics class because you think that in their brain somewhere they can achieve something. That's a broken system. That's setting a kid up for failure. Um, To increase your numbers enrolled in certain class, that's not helping anybody if it means that they're not really ready to do that. If you could give some tips,
0: and here's where we're finding clarity in this chaos, what tips would you give as far as
2: like how, what do, what, what do we need to understand for kids to really learn? I think something that the people don't do is they don't see the kids for who they are. Yes. From the beginning. Yes. And all the way through. Yes. Your best kid could be the, most, and I used to, this is definitely something I used to have at, at Bronx Science that was so hard is you get this kid who's a super achiever who's going to burn themselves out also because they're so like get this done sometimes it's the kid themselves it's not parents driving it's just that the kid is like that so that everything is an argument if they got something wrong why'd i get it wrong that's not that that, there's no way that that's wrong this is why Mm -hmm. this is and they're so like that but you also need to see that kid for who they are call them out for who they are and be like dude Take it down a notch. You're going to do fine, but breathe. Yeah. Because you're going to make yourself insane. Because I've seen right. kids like literally like, ah, 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 ah. And that's literally how they come into the anxiety, a space. Right. They're going to get an A. Yeah. But they're going to have a heart attack by the time of 20.
0: Right. So you have the high achievers and it's understanding too as parents and as student, as teachers and as students, those high achievers, they need to have some sort of balance they need to have – Um, to, to be able to learn how to kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit. And then you have the kids that are not motivated because they don't feel successful that we need to light a fire under a little bit. And how do we light a fire? Not by driving them, but by sparking them and by helping them understand what are their strengths? What are their challenges? Whether you're the best achieving person or the lowest achieving person, helping kids understand what are their strengths? What are their challenges? I did this with my kids. And then use their strengths to overcome their challenges and give them opportunities and choices in the learning style, in the way that they're presented. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So then so then again, it comes back to the teacher is once you've then is, once you then see the kids and let them know who they are, get to know them, get to know them. Nobody's class is too big that they can't get to know their kids to yeah. some degree.
0: Yeah. Well, what people when people say, I don't have time and I hear that a lot. I don't have time. I don't have time to do this. But what if you, if you knew that you took, if you took the time, your time would be more efficient and effective. So the time that you are teaching and this stuff, when you check in like that, that my, you know, my youngest teacher that takes the time to check in and see where everybody's stress level is, she can have a more productive class and the kids can learn better because they did a little check-in and they regulated themselves and she regulated herself. And then by doing that, by taking the, you know, two, three, four minutes of the classroom time that that will take, you actually have the rest of the time being productive versus time where people aren't really engaged and aren't really, you know, present. And so what people don't understand is taking the time actually gives you
2: more effective, productive time. It does. But but, so I'm going to add this to it as well in terms of, because I'm going to say taking the time is important. Seeing the kids for who they are is critically important. Yes. But it's also important how you do that. Mm-hmm. So kids can be annoying, as we all know. Kids can absolutely be annoying. Not and my children. Can, no, not your children. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but they can absolutely be annoying. Yeah. And they can come at you when you're just not in the headspace. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, we need to actually recognize what we're hearing not i'm doing this i'm doing this and the kids just talking at my ear and i'm gonna i'm just gonna uh-uh if the kid's coming to me for something because they're even if it's like my grade isn't as good as i could be and i really want to stop entirely stop whatever it is that you're doing look at that kid and if you don't have time be like hold that thought for a second but look at them when you tell right. them that don't sit continue and be like can you come back in a minute i, I don't have time right. for an, uh-uh Show them that you see them. Right. Show them that you're there with them. And that they're important. And that they're important. Even if it's to tell them, yeah. that's really stupid. <laughs> like, cut it out. You're, now you're just yeah. bugging me. Yeah. Or, or whatever. And hopefully right. you're not going yeah. right. um, to call me stupid. Right. But to acknowledge that I see you, I hear you, you have this issue, I can't right now.
0: Yeah.
2: Even if it's that. Yeah. I even used to say about emails to parents, back to parents. You get this email that you have 10 points to figure out. Send back immediately. I see it. I'll get back to you. Yep. Done. Yep. Now you've been seen. Yep. Same with the kid. Yep. You got to do that. I can't tell yep. you how many teachers will be giving instructions to kids while doing something completely different. Yep. Are you kidding me? It yep. tells me that you don't give a damn whether I do this or not. Right. If you're in a space and kids are on computers, you're not at your computer at the front desk. Yeah. You're walking around. Checking in with each one of them yep. to make sure that they're doing whatever.
0: Yeah, They,
2: they see you. Yeah. They, 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 you see them.
0: Connect, connect, you, connect, but, connect, but connect. C- critical. Yeah.
2: The stop, st- stop, drop, and roll. Stop yep. whatever you're doing. Look them straight in the face. Acknowledge that you just saw them. Yeah. Even to say, you're really bugging me right now. Yeah. Cut it out.
0: Exactly. Or you need to just hold on a second. I see you. No. I can't.
2: Because, right now, but I will. Yeah, because as, yeah. as, as we've talked about just on, our, on those walks you were talking about,
0: yeah.
2: kids often at home don't have any of that. No, they, don't they don't feel, feel heard. No. I can't tell you how many kids have said to me directly that they don't feel heard. Yeah, my students. I just just did you the presentation. You have to hear. Yeah. You have yeah. to. But, but hearing, hearing, just audibly hearing, like yeah. you say, yeah, yeah, I heard you. You might have, but you gave them nothing if you're All not right. looking at
0: them. So that goes for teachers as well as parents you have to show up, you have to see them, you have to acknowledge them.
2: But again, I mean, when I say you have to see them, I mean, literally look at them, them. straight at them yeah, and let them know that you are in that space.
0: And I would also add to that, understand what are the band-aids that you're slapping on and look for. How can I actually heal this wound instead of just cover it? Right. I mean, I, I see that with the social emotional learning where my school system, hired ruler. They paid a lot of money to have this Yale program come in. But if you're not starting with the top, starting with the teachers and helping the teachers understand and be more mindful and self-regulate, the kids see through hypocrisy can they can spot hypocrisy a mile away. So it's not going to work for the kids unless you a dysregulated teacher is going to further dysregulate their students. So it really starts from the top and trickles down. Absolutely does. Yeah.
2: I would, I would. Yes. Yes. Absolutely does. There's just, there's so much out there that's broken and that needs fixing and that needs people who are approaching it with their eyes open. Yeah. Not. um, Blinders. Blinders, band-aids, unwillingness. How would people be learning? Authentically. Okay. I guess I have to start with that. I'm not sure how to define that beyond, but if the learning is not because I want to know that and because that matters to me, or that someone's connecting, like because kids don't have the tool.
0: That's what I would say. Necessarily, a more but, connected learning, a more connected system.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, because, because authenticity goes a long way. Like if, I, if you really believe in something, you're going to go wholehearted at that thing. Whatever, you watch kids in clubs. Mm -hmm. Where they think they're on some idea that they just really love. Or they're just with their friends and they're, Mm -hmm. watch that kid create a whole program on that. That's awesome. And they dove really hard into it. A lot of kids have no idea what they're into.
0: Right.
2: And and so you got to start there and be like, let's find
0: something. From what I hear, the, the magic wand thing would be more connection in education to what we're learning, why we're learning, and what we're passionate about and what we're interested in the the spark purposeful more purposeful education more purposeful content more purposeful um connection you know where we're we're purposeful as far as the why behind what we're doing and regulate you have to regulate yourself you have to regulate yourself you have to help your students regulate so then we can learn
2: yep yeah yeah because if they're They're coming in with the weight of mom and I had a fight this morning. Uh, My best friend was just an idiot. My whatever in the teenage world, if that's where their head is, that's where their head's stuck. Yeah. You need to have something that's going to engage them enough. To at least put that maybe on the back burner for a minute. Yeah. Or to. Or just give them a place to be like, okay, this happened. Let's let that go and move on Mm -hmm. to what we need to do because we still need to do some of these things. We still need to, and, and not give passes for like, Oh, that's okay. You were having a bad day yesterday. Don't, don't worry about getting that done. Uh -uh. That's dismissiveness. That's no, I'm going to hold you accountable. See you looking at you can tell that there's something going on. Whether you say that or not, let that kid know that you recognize who they are today. Yes hold them accountable. But with the recognition, you're having a bad day. One of my favorite letters I got from a kid at the end of a year had absolutely nothing to do with the course itself, but it was her. She she didn't get into the school that she was really hoping she got into. And I could see she was a disaster when she came in Mm -hmm. and I gave her, I said, you know what? You're in a bad spot. I get it. If you need to go use the bathroom, take a minute, come back yeah, just, and then just, if you need to hang out, you can just be here. I need you to get this done, but just be here, whatever. That's what she remembered. Yeah, She did not say, that. My, a whole note that was not about, you know, this course was so fun, this blah, 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 It was, I am so, was so grateful that you saw me that day and you let me do what I needed to do so that I could be, that's what she remembered about our class. Yes. Yep. That's to me as big a score as, you know, I really loved your class. Yep. But then, putting the onus on the kids too. Kids got to know that there are going to be expectations, but you have to teach that. Yeah, you can't just expect it. Right. Starting in day one, you You have to let them know
0: realistic expectations. I love you. Where
2: they're at. Yeah, that that, that they're loved, they're safe. That's Mm -hmm. the other thing. Got to make them feel safe. Mm -hmm. If they don't, if they feel like someone's judging them or blast, gonna blast them for their opinion, you'll, you'll never hear from them again. Right. Make them feel safe, and and they will come. Yep. Right. They'll. So how can people
0: connect with you if they have more interest or if any organizations, teach organizations or whatever, want to
2: just chat with you? How can they do that? Shoot me a note. E-R-E-N, E-W-R-E-N, at massinsight, dot org. Perfect.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, Ed. I really appreciate it. We could talk forever. <laughs> we could. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Simple Awakenings Podcast. If you found yourself relating to this podcast and to what we discussed today, and you find that you'd like to have a little bit more clarity and connection in your own chaos, then I'd love to invite you to join me in my free Power Now Masterclass. I'll put the link below in my show notes. Or perhaps you would like to have a conversation with me one-on-one, in which case I invite you to join me in a free discovery call where we can start to talk about where you might be in your life and where you want to go and create that roadmap together. So whatever calls to you, I really look forward to connecting with you soon. Be well, everyone.
1: If you've enjoyed this podcast, like, subscribe, and give it a review at your favorite podcast platform. For more info on Jen, visit jenniferrentolo.com. That's Jennifer, W-R-E-N, Tolo, T-O-L-O, dot com. Thanks for listening.